Welcome to Table Manners Podcast. Table Manners. Hosted by Combs Premier. Let's get the world. Let's get it. Create your own lane and tap into conversations about real estate. Invest in things that you understand. Life. I had to believe in myself like never before. Passion. Make something you 100% love. And career with influential people in our community. This is Table Manners Podcast. Welcome to Table Mountains. Now, before we begin introducing who we are, because this segment is to get to know us, um, we are going to let you know exactly what Table Mountains is about. So as far as with Table Mountains, we are here for a lot of things. We're here to introduce um, our businesses. We're here to let you know everything about real estate. And also, we're here to bring different people in the community and just kind of share our world. You know, So this is for all the educators. This is for anybody that's interested in the home buying process, selling, investing, whatever it is, we got it all. And as you can see, too, every, yeah, everything, everything. And plus, just to let you know, too, we are laid back. Um, we got our drinks, so we want to make sure you guys got y'all. <laughs> so just sit back, relax, take notes, and just have fun with us. All right? Y'all ready? I'm ready. All right, all right. So first thing is, again, we want to make sure you guys know exactly who we are. Uh, and I'm doing a lot of talking now, so I want one of you guys to kind of, again, introduce yourself, let people know um, who you are, um, give us some, like, interesting facts, so where you're from, you know, let us know. You look, shy, you look a little, little jump. You want to start? I was about to say. La- I had, ladies I had, first. I'm down with for that. Um, okay, okay, my name is Shy Sanders. Um, I am a mommy, so I'm a boss mom. Uh, I have a five-year-old son. Um, I have been in real estate for about two years now, but I've really only been active for one year. So um, over the past 11 months or so, um, things have really kind of taken off uh, in my business. I was able to transition to full time very recently. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. So that has been a bit um, of a journey, which I'm sure we're going to get into a bit a little bit later. Um, I'm a middle child. I'm one of eight siblings, okay. um, eight. all combined, you know, combine them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm one of eight siblings. I'm smack in the middle, no matter how you slice it or dice it, um, from which side. Um, I'm from, I was born in Las Vegas. Okay. Yeah, so I moved here um, when I was just a baby, so I don't really say I'm from there, but that is okay. where I exited the uterus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> And then, um, yeah, so I have a background. I went to UCF. Um, I've been actually a lot of places. I went to Howard in D.C., transferred to UCF, graduated from there, went into my field. And then I ended up getting into real estate um, because my day job was more so marketing and advertising for uh, real estate developers, per se. And I was like, yeah, I need a bigger piece of that pie. So I ended up getting into real estate, and it's really been like a game changer. I recently bought a house. Thanks to real estate. Congratulations. Um, again. Yeah, so that's kind of where I am right now. What about you, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. I think we all just hit interesting phases of our life over and over and over again, right? We, all, we always think we're going to hit some destination and that it's going to kind of plateau, but it never really does. Mm-hmm. So continuously in interesting spaces. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, my name is Andrew April. Um, I had a, a background in, in engineering, you know, so... Um, I felt like I had a great time kind of doing a lot of consulting type of roles in the engineering field, um, but I didn't necessarily feel fulfilled and I really wanted a lot more freedom. So I, too, um, am a parent. I have an 11 year old daughter who I'm, you know, continuously proud of, even as frustrating as she is sometimes. Yeah, you know what time it is. These kids. And, um, you know, I have some serious yeah, goals. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's childless over here. Mind your business. Got some serious goals to just, you know, remain present in her life. Um, and not just that, but, you know, do everything I can to set her up and put her in a position to excel in whatever it is that she's excited about or passionate about, right? Um, so that takes a lot of work from me and a lot of flexibility that I don't didn't think I had in the nine to five career. Um, so I started over. I started over. Um, I didn't know you had a background in engineering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Industrial engineer, man. Yeah, very, um... A little small. Look at him. Slight flex. Little flex. Y'all, y'all, Industrial. Y'all, y'all wild. <laughs> y'all wild. But that put me into real estate, you know, before I actually got licensed. I've only been licensed maybe six months um, and actually uh, joined the brokerage, what? This is month four. Honestly, it's only month four for me. Um, but before that, I had about a year and a half 
doing, um, getting involved in fixing flips property under the mentorship of someone in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. And so I learned a lot. And so getting over to this side, I think I've learned even, you know, just twice as much. So yeah. it's going to be fun over the next few years to bridge the combination of both these, you know, very entrepreneurial, you know, uh, sectors, I guess, of yeah. real estate. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, a little bit more personal. Um, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. Ooh, <laughs> 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 you know, from Jacksonville, Florida. If you're from Florida, that's a must. Yeah. You always got to say that when you hear Jacksonville. You got to. Mm-hmm. I remember when people used to... Uh, <laughs> I remember when people used to run when we said that, but yeah. you know, now it's a popular thing. So mm-hmm. that's cool. But um, my ba- uh, you know, what got me kind of out of the areas that I grew up in was basketball. So um, you know, sports is very important to me. I keep sports. Um, I keep my daughter involved in sports. I think it teaches kids a lot of life skills. Um, and before I keep on, you know, just go in for way too long. Yeah, that, that's me. You can call me Drew. You know, <laughs> or every time we say Drew, you get really, really serious. We'll, we'll keep it Drew. Uh, all right, very well spoken. The, the man good. of the hour. The man this. of the hour. We can show up. He, he know who we invited. <laughs> but y'all know I'm a, I'm a little country. You know why we here. Y'all know I'm a little country. My tongue a little heavy. So we're going we gonna to see if I can speak as well as yeah, you guys. Yeah, because you from Lakeland. Child, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so as you guys know, again, my name is Mike. I guess I'll give you my last name, which would be Self. Yes, it is Self, S-E-L-F. It is not an alias. I'm tired of hearing that. But yeah, my name is Mike Self. Um, I am, oh, I'll be turning 34 Ooh. Saturday. Well, okay then. No, Sunday. Sunday. Oh, I was going to say your yeah, birthday on Sunday. Sorry. Girl, that's, that's the age. You look about 23. Look about 23. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably because of how selfless it's you are. I'm blessed. Sir, don't do that. <laughs> it's my no. boy, man. No, I, um, yeah, so I'm 30, well, I'll be 34. I am originally from Orange, New Jersey, but as shy, I got moved down <laughs> when I was a baby. So I might as well go ahead and claim Lakeland, Florida, shy, right. as they say, Polk County. I've kind of hopped around to a lot of places, lived in Atlanta, lived in Phoenix, lived in San Francisco, and because of COVID, I am back here now, actually in Orlando, Florida. I have 10 kids. Oh, my God. I just wanted to feel included. Zero. I don't have no Zero kids. Children. I ain't got no kids, y'all. I don't have no kids, so I ain't got no kids stories. So y'all can stay the violin for somebody else. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I've been in real estate. It's going on. It'll be a year in, I got my license in November 24th. So I'm saying I got to join the brokerage in December. Yeah. So it's going on a year. Um, it's been pretty fun. I guess fun fact, before I became a real estate agent, which I still am. I'm a flight attendant still as well. I've been doing that for almost five years now. And he became yeah, and I'm also a baker. Um, so I do, I specialize in bunt cakes and I also deal with dessert egg rolls. So that's my specialty. I do cook a lot, but no, I will not sell any plates or anything else. So that's my spiel. Um, Look, y'all have any other interesting? Cupcake. I mean, that, that sweet potato cupcake changed my life. That's, that's <laughs> one of the tops. That's I one didn't of the even tops. share with my child. I yeah. did not share. So if you are in the Orlando, Florida area, um, my company is called Self's Kitchen, but we'll deal with that later. Uh, just a little advertisement there. Thank you. Look, Thank you, Collins. Thank you, Collins, from here. <laughs> <laughs> but do y'all have any other interest, interesting facts about y'all? Can y'all think of anything that people may not know, like when they see you? Well, I think that me and Andrew were having an interesting conversation before we started recording about the fact that both of us are bookworms. Yeah, here um, we go. Sure. We, oh, my God. They always want to leave me out. But go ahead. So I was, um, we, in the, in our brokerage, in our chats, like we like to like, just give book recommendations. Emmett is a bookworm. I don't know if anybody knows that, but Emmett is a reader. Um, I've always been a reader. I was telling Andrew before we started that anytime you saw me as a kid, there was at least two books in my hand and I was probably going to finish them both in a couple of days. Um, and then just, you know, you grow up, life happens, you have kids, you have jobs, you got all these things going on. And you just don't really get a chance to like sit down and actually pick up. A book. You got audio books now, which I do not. I don't I don't really I'm not an audio book girl. I want right. to turn the pages and read the book. And I do a lot of like, you know, self-help, you know, self-improvement. But I also read fantasy really? um, when I am particularly stressed. Out. I wanted to ask you about yeah. that. If you yeah. just read, you know, kind of the productivity, yeah. what they coin as self-help or anything yeah. that's, you know, driven towards an improvement or if you delve into novels. And stuff. I do. I do. I read Fifty Shades Trilogy, of course. Um, I read, I don't know if 
And you, you may not have heard of it because it is a little quirky, but the Children of Blood and Bone series. Yeah, I've heard of that series. Yes, yes. So I just finished the Children of Virtue and Vengeance on my way back from L.A. Oh, uh, I was literally in the people playing. Oh <laughs> I was literally in the people playing crime. Like it was just, it's just, it's, it's an escape. Like a lot of people complain about like not having an escape from life, but they don't realize. They feel like once you become an adult, you can't read fun books. And I'm like, nah, I'm I'm gonna read fun books. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that actually is a pretty good series. Fifty Shades, of course. Everybody was like, eh, but I read that back in college. And and you know, Sha, I've actually heard from different entrepreneurs, or excuse me, not heard. I've seen that they normally have kind of one productivity driven or one kind of science based type of book. And they're kind of always simultaneously reading a novel yeah. or something yeah. fantasy, yeah. you know, based or some, some true story. Yeah. In tandem, yeah. yeah. This is the first time I've read two not nonfiction books at the same time. Mm. Non- yeah. Thick, non- yeah. Whatever. Two right. self help books <laughs> yeah. at the same time. And I'm reading The Four Agreements and The Soda Art of Not Giving an F. Yeah. And I'm reading them in tandem, which is super interesting because they. They, have opposite messages absolutely. with the same result. Oh my god! No, have you read? I, yes, I got them on my phone. Yeah, I used to read them on the plane all the, the time. The four agreements or the so Both. Not. Oh, Both. yeah, see, folks, right? So we had we had Mike acting like he's excluded from here. Let him. You be reading. You better come on here. Just a little bit, you know. I'm a little crazy, so I got to calm down at times. Yeah. So it sounds like you enjoy audiobooks. No, no, I download them on my phone because when I'm on the plane. I'll just pull out my phone oh, and I'll yeah. just start reading. So you like a Kindle, like a lot of, e-reader. You're an e-reader. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. Um, the Four mm-hmm. Agreements is actually a book I go to all the time. Really? Is yeah. it, it is one that you reread and you get something Correct. different every time. Every single time. But the thing about it is I don't fully read it. I just feel like when I'm in that moment, I just pick it up and start off from wherever I started. Mm-hmm. And then it gives me a certain perspective at that moment. Mm-hmm. And then I stop and then I keep on going on with life and then pick it back up later. Yeah. So yeah. do you think with the changes in, in, in COVID and the changes in your flight attendant life, do you think that's changed your reading habits? Ooh, we. That's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, if we were to keep it strictly towards how it's affected reading habits. I feel like I read less now. Because uh, I feel like so on a plane, you have less distractions because, I mean, you just sitting in the air. Yeah. I mean, I deal with my first class passengers, do whatever I got to do. Once they settle, I have nothing else to do unless I'm helping the rest of the plane. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's like a five, six hour flight. So do you think there. it's just because you have less downtime that you read less? Uh, do I, you, would you I, say that you have less I feel less like it's distractions because I'm being on the ground. I got more Wi-Fi so I can easily be on social media. Yeah. I got the TV. So... One of my things is um, instead of reading, I watch cartoons. I feel like when I have to get back into yeah. a place, I get back into my kid form mm-hmm. and I watch cartoons. I will I lay a that. pallet on the floor, yeah. lay on the floor and just watch cartoons I all day that. if I have to. I feel like reading is something that I end up pushing towards if I'm really feeling like the need to. So if I feel like I'm going through, I pick up the four agreements, either I pick up the Bible and then I'll just kind of read into it till I calm down and go on about life. So yeah. I'm not like an active reader. But I'll do it intentionally when I need to. Yeah. So if I were to ask both of you um, to give three benefits, it's off the top of your head, they don't have to be purchased. Three benefits of of reading, what would you say? Uh, Three benefits of reading. Um, I feel like it will, I mean, it's calming. Honestly, I read to help my speech at times. I feel like even at times when I forget certain vocab terms, I'm like, okay, Mike, you need to stop at reading because you sound real ignorant at this moment. (laughs) So I pick it back up so I can go ahead and get back into that practice and relate it back to real estate. Um, you already know you have to be very independent um, in real estate. Mm-hmm. And real estate is not nothing where you just get your license, just take off. You have right. to continue on educating yourself. Right. So it becomes a skill to where I implement that so that way I can pick up material for real estate mm-hmm. to enhance myself. I ain't gonna lie. I don't like reading. Yeah. As much as I do read, I hate you do reading. It. Yeah. But you do it. Yeah. So it's interesting. Why don't you like reading? I, I feel fall like asleep. anybody who doesn't like reading is because you were forced to read as a kid. That's <laughs> me. I feel like people who were forced to read it. as a like, kid. Back in the day, it. I used to love reading. Yeah. You know, you had the book clubs, scholastics, and everything <laughs> like that in school. Reading for the pizza. Yeah, I wanted the pizza. <laughs> right. Give me that free pizza. I ain't got no money. Give me the pizza. 
So yeah, that's my that's my thing. So and I think um, and I think it's interesting because from a, a, an entrepreneurial standpoint, I think you just uh, exemplify what it means truly to be an entrepreneur, right? You end up doing the things that you don't like or you hate, regardless, because you know it'll make you better. Mm-hmm. And so I asked the question of what were those three things, and I think you actually gave me about four. Let me see if I remember a couple of them. <laughs> you said it was calming. Mm-hmm. You said it uh, helps your own vocabulary. You just jump back in and it helps you with your own speech. Right. You said it helps you um, self-education. Mm-hmm. Right. Self-education. And I think I forgot the fourth, but you gave me four. Mm-hmm. You definitely gave me four. So thank you for that, Mike. And thank you for that example. That's Shy. what I'm here for. You are. <laughs> My man. I would say reading, it does a lot for me because, yeah. like I said, I've always been a reader. So for me, it's a, a part of it is just like tapping back into like my true self before you let the world tell you who you are. Mm hmm. Um, that is me. Like, I love to read. It's my thing. So it brings me back to center. Um, so that's more of a personal one. But in an, a life application standpoint, I would say that it definitely helps me be able to articulate what I want to say better. Um, because when you when you can when you're a communicator, like you, you have to constantly do it. Like if you want to be good at communicating, you got to constantly do it. And I feel like reading helps me to like if I don't know how to say something. I might stumble upon like a book or a chapter or something that would put it into the words that I can't find. Yeah. Um, so that helps for sure. And then I would probably say the third thing is it's just like on the fiction side of it, I would say it's just an escape. Like it gives my brain a chance to be immersed in something that's not my life's problems. Right, right. So that's one of the reasons why I kind of keep a fantasy something in rotation, even though I just finished Children of Virtue and Vengeance, so now I don't know what I'm going to next fantasy-wise, but it gives me the opportunity to give my brain a break. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I don't know if it's TMI, but, like, I do, like, have a lot of anxiety um, around just this transition that's happening, being a parent. I mean, you know, like, the... You feel the need to be like in control of everything, but then something happens and you can't control it. And it's like everything, all hell breaks loose. Um, So it gives me a chance to just turn that off, be immersed in a a completely different experience and then come back um, to this life with less clutter in my head. Yeah. So, I mean, I could go on and on and on about all the benefits of reading, but that, those are earlier, a few for me. Earlier in our conversation, I felt like we were both about to do the exact Passionate, same thing yeah. and go in about reading. Um, yeah, amazing examples. Yeah. Um, and I Who think, are yours? Man, my, very similar to yours. <laughs> like, you know, I want to say reading is fundamental. Reading is fundamental. I'll tell you, throughout the pandemic, both of you guys mentioned, for one, how expansive your vocabulary becomes and how it helps um, gives you more language to, uh, you know, put in more information into your conversations. During the pandemic, I started realizing when I was working before I went full time in real estate, I quickly realized, man, I'm spending days sometimes where I'm not talking to anyone at all. I'm just on my laptop doing the work, communicating via email and et cetera. And I legit just started opening up books and I would read them out loud to myself, you know, mm-hmm. in the room. So I think it's helpful in that way. It's, um, Overall reading, I think top three things. I think it gives you experiences, right? I think it gives you experiences. I think any hundred percent, right? I think there's a million and one things we can all do out here in this world. We see it via videos on Instagram, people in Italy, France, et cetera, et cetera. We see it even in our colleges, um, in our universities, right? At colleges, they have different universities. They have different colleges. Um, you can pick up any given book. If you're not, for example, in the nursing world, you can read about someone's nursing experiences. Right. You know, you can read different novels about whatever and it takes you into that moment. No different than watching movies. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of concentration, you both talked about concentra- concentration and focus. I think anything that we, you know, do these days, for the most part, we can multitask like crazy. Yes. Right? It's Especially, so exhausting though. It's right. You're screen reading, after screen. You cannot right. You can't read more than one thing at page. you can't read more than one thing at a time. Yeah. And even if your mind wanders for a second, you can usually uh, figure out, all right, wait, those you two paragraphs, I just kind of just skimmed through. Let me come back. And that actually yeah. aggravates me when I'm reading. If my mind wonders, I feel like my eyes are crossing, and then I get I get an attitude. Yeah. I'm like, you know what, forget this. That's, so, that's, 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 that's a good thing. It happens to me that's when I'm thing. the most stressed. Like, when I have the most stuff going on and I sit down and try to read, I can't. But that's why I do it, because it, it forces you to be in the moment. It forces you to be present. Because if not, you're just going to be reading the same page over and over yeah. and over again. And you're going to be like, you know what, screw this. <laughs> I'll do this some more. But 
it helps you train your brain to be able to focus. Because like you said, we're multitasking. 24 hours of every day, we are multitasking. Like even some people when they're sleeping, they're not really sleeping. Like they, they're listening for the door or, you know what I mean? So it forces you to be focusing on one thing and it helps you to focus on other things when you're done. <laughs> yeah, so folks, rate reading is fundamental, folks. All right. We don't um, been down this whole reading down the hole. Yeah, truly. And, and it's a good thing, though. I think that it's beneficial to anybody that's listening. And um, in the future, I'm pretty sure we're going to have some good book recommendations oh, for, for folks. Sure. You know. In the meantime, if you're a real estate agent, the one thing mm, the one by thing. Gary Keller. Yes. Um, and if you just want something that's just going to break your brain, like jailbreak your mind or agreements. Mm-hmm. So the R of not giving an F, the alchemist, but everyone says the alchemist. Mm-hmm. But um, those are just a few that I've read recently that it's just like. It just it's changes your perspective and it broadens your mental horizons and we all need that. Now speaking of the four that. agreements, and this is gonna be a shout out to my girl Erica. <laughs> Make sure when you purchase the book, you purchase <laughs> the regular size book. <laughs> she gonna kill me. I love you, sister. Hey, I guess my, my last book recommendation is gonna be one that I usually reread, if not once a year, once every two years ever since it came out. Tanahisi Coates, Between the World and Me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have that in my Amazon card. Yeah, you you gotta get it. You gotta get I it. Was, is it a boy book? It's a, a written letter. Between a father and a son. Okay. Um, the father just explaining kind of what he went through a little bit in life and his adjustment and complete acceptance that there's nothing he can do about his son living the black experience. Yeah. And he can't change it. His experience is going to be his. It's like his father's experience was his own. Yeah. So That's great book. Great book. Yeah. Mike is ready to uh, progress us forward. Yes. <laughs> now that we have left Oprah's book club. My God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My God. Um, okay, so moving on. So now, again, we've mentioned that we are real estate agents. And are you guys, I know you guys are probably like, well, why aren't, why aren't they talking about real estate? Well, again, this is who we are. We want you guys to know a lot about us so that way you can get comfortable and just let us know, let you guys know too that we're just regular people. Yeah. That's it. This is how we talk. So let me ask you guys, what made you guys a real estate agent? Like what really brought you to that form? Because there's many different reasons. Yeah. So what made you say like, okay, this is the profession that I really want to dig into and stay in it? Oh, me first? Okay. Hey, whoever. Um, for me, well, I kind of touched on it earlier. Um, my day job or my old day job was we would run ads for uh, property management companies that were trying to lease up these new high-rise, luxury, ridiculously priced apartments. So... Then I got a batch of clients who were home builders and I would talk to the woman and we'd be talking about their budgets and how they pick their budgets and like how much they sell these houses for. And like, and then the gears start to turn and I'm like, wait a minute. So I'm going to get paid this amount of money to help you go make this amount of money. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hmm, I wonder how I could get on the other side of this. So then I started looking up, you know, what it means to even be in real estate because there's so many different avenues and right now the real estate investor is like the hot thing to do but i was like no i'm not one of those people i don't gamble with my money like i want to know exactly where it's going and exactly how it's coming back i mean i'm getting a little bit better about it now but i'm like i'm not about to go flip nothing Mm -hmm. (laughs) what what if i can't set like i just I, i needed a more surefire way of like making good money without taking like such big risks as you take when you are an investor so then I looked at this to get a real estate license. I ended up getting it. Um, and then I realized, like, once I got into it and I actually started practicing, because, again, I was dormant for almost a year after getting my license, because that, that was the start of the pandemic. I got my license December 2019. I signed on the Combs February of 2020, and we went into a whole world shutdown in March. So I was like, oh, God, this Uh-oh. is a great time Uh-oh. to get into real estate. Yeah. But then once that happened... And a lot of, like, if you follow, like, um, people who do investing, like, people who are in the real estate industry, like, they started talking about how the, the, the best way to shift wealth from generation to generation is by doing it through real estate. And like you said earlier, I want my kid to have everything I didn't. So I, then I started really thinking, like, okay, wait a minute. Y'all make, y'all made how much money? Mm-hmm. You made how much money in the past three months? Like real estate agents who were act- actively practicing in 2020 full time tripled and quadrupled their income from the previous year because everything was so pent up and everybody was trying to make moves and everybody was scared to move at the same time. 
So what happened was you had nobody selling, a bunch of people trying to buy, trying to build wealth for their families and 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 all of that. And it's, we're still seeing that right now where there's low inventory. Like, that's what that means. Like, there's nobody selling. Nobody wanting to sell because they're like, I don't want to lose my house if I can't find another one. Mm-hmm. And then you got everybody else like, no, I want in and I want in right now. So then I was like, oh, I, I got to stop sitting on the sideline. And I, was, I got my first deal and it has been... Ever you've, since. Been, you've been killing it. Yeah. You've been killing it. No doubt. No doubt. She's hit me up all the time. Drew, um, Look, I got a contract, my brother. I got a contract, my brother. Can you take care of that? <laughs> what about you? Um, I think every time I get that question, it's it's broad for everybody, right? But I think fundamentally for me, I just didn't want ceilings anymore. Yeah. I think I've always been this very, you know, driven, go-getter type of guy. And I would reach these different, you know, places and spaces. And there were so many different levels of uh, leadership. And even when it's quality leadership, there's still these levels of, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm boxed in in some way, whether it was my creativity for what I thought I could do for the organization or um, just, yeah. yeah. I wanted the opportunity to believe and trust in myself in a different way. In real estate, there's definitely no ceilings, whether it's, you know, my own creativity, um, whether it's how much money I can make, which is huge as well, right? Because that's going to allow my family um, to live a different lifestyle, which I'm very, you know, uh, passionate about. So I'll say fundamentally those two things without going real deep. Okay. You said something that low-key triggered me. Oh, yeah. You used, like, you oh, yeah. boxed in. And that was ultimately what pushed me out the corporate door and into this because it's hard going somewhere every day, 40-plus hours a week, knowing that you can't really do what you want to do or be who you want to be, like, ever. Because somebody has put you in a box. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, if, you, if you're around me long enough, you hear me say, don't put me in a box. <laughs> to anybody, to mm-hmm. everybody. Because don't, don't limit what I can do based on how you see me. Preach. That is, is ooh, ooh, trigger. Yeah, we're, we're hoopers. Trigger. We're hoopers, right? Yeah. We, we box out. We don't box in. Period. Ooh, come on. Period. Hey, so it's like you can't, you can't do that to people. And that is one of the things that frustrated me in working just a job, even if it's a great job. Even if you have, you know, a great team and it's a great career, you're an engineer, you know, and even in that, you know, when people just are praying to be an engineer Amen. and even in that, you're like, this is not enough. Mm-hmm. Like I'm leaving here every day, not feeling fulfilled. And I feel like we owe it to ourselves to find something that makes us whole. And for me, that was the freedom that I found in this career. Oh, I love it, Sha. I learned that a long time ago when I got fired for the first time from a job I had for six years. Ooh. I remember leaving the parking lot crying. Oh, yeah, just trying to Somebody fired. Oh, I, I, I was in the city of Atlanta. I was young. This was like my first job out of high school. That was like it was my first job, but it was my like my first job as an adult. Mm-hmm. So you so you were passionate. You cared about yeah. the job. You put in work. Honestly, you no. Well, six I, years. So that's my ethics period. Regardless of whether I like it or not. Okay. If I'm showing up, I'm going to go ahead and do the job. Right. But the truth was, strong mindset. I did not know how to get out. And I felt like it was a push for me. So I'm happy I got fired, but it also taught me that this is not my own. Yeah. So ever since then, you know, I'll have, I'll apply for the job, do the job. If I lose it, fine. If not, whatever. That's funny because me and my friends, they actually asked me, they said, um, they asked, what was the shortest time frame that you had on the job? And I said, a day. <laughs> I remember walk being in, at, walk yeah, I remember being in training and I remember the trainer saying some people don't last training. In my mind I'm like, I'm looking for this other job, so you might be talking about me. Yeah. Sure enough, I got the email and I left. Um as far as feeling boxed in, my last time feeling like that was um was somewhat like that. Was um working, it was a corporate America job. I was there maybe like a year and a half. I was actually growing in a company, making really good money. But no matter how high I went up in a company, I felt like my head just kept hitting the roof. So a lot of times when it comes to like an actual move or a job, um, I feel that uh, God always give me whatever. And he makes the picture bigger than what I see it to be. Right. So I always told myself like, okay, I want to do something that's going to allow me to fly, travel or whatever. Then that's when the whole flight attendant situation came up. Mm-hmm. Then when COVID hit, that's when I was sitting at home. I'm like, okay, well, I still have employment. I still have a job backing me. I still have money coming in, but I just cannot sit. Yeah. And I'm like, I always wanted to get into the world of entrepreneurship. I mean, well, I've run a catering service before, but I wanted to fully invest myself into something since I had the free time. And 
real estate was the first thing that came to mind. I've always thought about real estate, but never actually getting into it. I'm like, well, you know, I got the time. Let me take the class. Let me save this money. Let me do what I got to do. And I jumped into it. Now that I am into it, there's so many different realms that I can touch other than just being an agent. An agent is a plus side. It adds a plus to the resources that I have, not only with the stuff that I pay for, but also with the brokerage that we're in. Um, Community. Absolutely. Culturally gang. <laughs> right. So that actually kind of leads into the next thing as far as I was going to ask you guys, why Combs? I think I'm like a lot of a lot of people. You tend to want to do business with those you know, and not just those you know, but those you trust. Um, and so, you know, when it comes to me, um, I was familiar with, you know, our, our leader here, Emmett Combs, um, in a very interesting way. Um, I actually just helped. Uh, had some fraternal ties and, you know, supporting hit, supported him uh, move from one house to another, actually. Didn't really know him at the time, but, you know, I was just helping out, you know, that day, met him, and it was very cool. A couple years later, I'm in Atlanta, and um, uh, it was a time in my life where I was starting to decide, all right, what do I really want to do? Because I don't think this is really the move. I think it's, you know, might be time for me to, um, you know, get myself back home to Florida and move towards real estate in a different way. And so a fraternity brother of mine had a birthday party for his two-year-old son. He had his Taco Tuesday and I'm there and I see Emmett. By the time I didn't even remember his name, right? Cause I just helped move his house like years ago, but I remembered him and I remember he had a, a, a house on his shirt. Mm -hmm. And it was one of his older uh, Emmett Combs mm -hmm. real estate t-shirts, <laughs> right, right. And so we just had a conversation that day, right? And so again, someone I know and someone I trust cause it's somebody we're in like a family environment. In a family environment, we're all just taking care of our kids, having a good time, being as real as, you know, you can pretty much be around your families, right? And then when it came time for me to move, and I actually made the move, I said, you know what? Called up my fraternity brother said, hey, you know, remember such and such, that was at your birthday party. Want to give him a call, want to get linked up. Talked a little bit, had a conversation. And many started talking about building general, uh, generational wealth and what he wants to do for the black community and spreading education. Which I'm all, I mean, we're readers, so you can imagine we're all about education. Uh, right. Yeah, it, we, we ain't going to do it. We, we ain't going to touch on reading. But education <laughs> is so important. Um, and I think because people aren't educated on different things, they put themselves in bad situations and they don't know it. They just didn't know. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of folks out here in this industry that are, right, you see, see it all the time, predatory lenders, people who want to make moves for the money but don't have the family's best interest at heart. And because they're not educated on how these different things work, they walk into a situation where they think they're good because yeah. they're going into a house and it's like, oh, I'm getting crippled and shackled by this mortgage or, right. you know, these terms are not really setting me up to be as free as I want to be. I'm not really making as strong as a move as I think I am. So, I mean, once he touched on those few things, I said, oh, yeah, this is the move. This is the move. And so it wasn't for me at the time. It wasn't about Combs premiere. It wasn't about CPRG. It was, you know what? From what I've seen of this man and, and who I see him to be in the conversations we've had, this makes sense. So I'm down to grow in this way and see where it takes me. At the end of the day, it was still just a risk, right? It's still just taking a chance. But you know, every day I keep on getting better. Every day I keep on, you know, growing and molding myself into the man that I want want to continue to become. And it's been great. So that's say that's my why. Wow. And apologies if it was very long. No, that was amazing. You know, that was shout great. Out, shout out to Emmett. Right. And honestly, <laughs> I kind of have a similar reason why. I have a similar reason why, because when I joined Combs, it was it was just barely Combs premiere. It was still like Emmett Combs uh, real estate. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't, I think there was maybe 15 of us, maybe. Tremaine actually recruited me because when I was going through my whole, um, the class, it took me a long time to finish the class. And I'm sure we'll get into that on another episode, but... Um, I was constantly in contact with Tremaine. And at the time, Tremaine was with ERA Grizzard, I believe, or something like that. But I just knew that he was yeah, black. ERA Grizzly? ERA Grizzard. I thought if it was Grizzly. Era Grizzard. I, it might be Era Grizzard. I, I don't know. If it was Grizzly, I can see Grizzly. <laughs> <laughs> but he was with them. But I just knew that he was black. He was busy. And he was successful. And like I said, I have a marketing background. So I saw his marketing. And I'm like, wherever you're getting that from, I want yeah. in. Because when I become an agent, I don't want no slappy flyers and no, I don't want to be like, I want my stuff to be right because that's my, that's my background. He was like, oh, no, I do this myself. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So by the time I finished my class, he had moved over to Combs. So he's like, oh, my God, you have to come here. Like, you have to come here. And I'm like, okay. 
because I was looking for specifically for a black owned brokerage. I did not care Absolutely. what was what or where Absolutely. I was going to work for a black owned brokerage. And honestly, there's not as many out there as you would think. Yeah. So then I got connected with him. He connected me to Tamara, actually. Tamara is the person that I met first. Okay. And I told I was telling her what was going on. I had goals to buy a house. I wasn't making a ton of money at my job at the time. Um, I ended up making more later. But we'll, we'll, at yeah, the we'll time, get into that. Shit, I got the we'll, bag later. But, you know, at first, I wasn't. But I was in a, a, a tense spot with my job because I was doing a whole a whole bunch of stuff, and I wasn't getting a whole lot of money. So I was telling her like I'm trying to do it. I got my son. It's just me for the most part. I don't know how to make that happen without bringing in some more money. And I sat in that office right over there, and I talked to Tamara. In the midst of me talking to Tamara, she was telling me that she had just recently got out of corporate world, came over to Combs herself. Mm -hmm. And I was just looking at her in just pure admiration. I never told her this, so. (laughs) But I was just looking at her like, wow, like you are like goals. Like you're the epitome of what a strong woman should be. And not because you're big and bold and loud, but because you like made a solid decision for yourself and it's working for you. So in the middle of our conversation, Emmett walks through the door. <laughs> Emmett walks through the door. And I'm like, oh my God, that's that's the man. Like, you're Emmett Cole. He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm Emmett. Girl, not, that's you know, the man. Literally, I'm literally like, I'm, at this point, at this point, I'm starstruck. I'm like, oh my God, there he is. Oh my God. Uh, it's Emmett. <laughs> so he walks in and, you know, you know, Emmett's a straight shooter. So he wanted yeah. to the fluff. He was like, okay, yeah. well, what's up? You know, you joining? What's your goals? What you doing? I was like, well, I want to buy a house eventually. But, you know, they're expensive right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't have, you know, a ton of money. So he's looking at me, okay, well, she can move She can move over here. I'm like, okay, well, I want to quit my job. He's like, oh, no, don't do that. And I'm, I'm like, what you mean? And he was like, why would you do that? You would, you would not be able to buy a house if you quit your job. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but at that point, I had been on several different interviews with brokerages, and the first question they all asked me is, when am I quitting my job? Mm. And I'm like, so, can, so you can, don't even... with strategy. I'm like, so you don't even care that I'm still in. He was like, no, I'm telling you, do not, do not quit your job until you buy your house. Stay right there. Yeah. And I'm like, between him and Tamara both, and that's why I had kind of a difference that I got them both in the same room. That was my first impression of Combs. And I'm like, between the two of them, they care more about my life and what I have going on and what my goals are than how much money I could potentially make working Correct. for them. And Correct. right then I signed my paperwork that same day. Correct. Yeah, because the thing about it is, one thing I learned about Emmett is the fact that he believes in relationships. 100%. So regardless of whether it's going to be in real estate or something else, they're all going to bring itself around. Mm-hmm. And he's huge on that. So that's dope. That's yeah. dope. I felt like I was with family. Like, I felt comfortable. I felt like I could trust them to not just look at the dollar signs, but look at what my life is going to mm-hmm. be like, like being here. And it literally has changed my life. And last year, about this time, I tweeted. I said, this time next year, my life is going to look completely different. And I pinned it to the top of oh, my Twitter. No, you can't have my Twitter. Manifestation. Because, um, you know, I cut up over there. But I pinned it to the top of my Twitter because every time I looked up, something was changing. Mm-hmm. Little by little by little. And now, my life this time last year, oh, I was in a baby. thousand square foot par- apartment, barely. I was making... Barely enough money to skim the top of my bills. I was miserable. I was uncomfortable. And now, like, in just one year, like, people don't understand how much can change in one year. And though it all hasn't always been perfect, there's definitely been, you know, moments where I wanted to punch a hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. But my life looks completely different. It didn't happen the way I thought it would happen. It didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. But it, it happened. happened exactly the way it should yeah. have happened. Yeah. And I just, I literally could not be more full. Like, I go to sleep every night and I wake up every day feeling like I'm where I'm supposed to be. Right, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. That is sweet. Mike, man. You, uh, yeah, Mike, you got uh, some serious stories. To I would say you got to come on. with it. I'm just kidding, man. No well, pressure, no pressure. No but pressure. I think we're all very interested to hear about, you know, yours. So, as far as with my story, um, I didn't really have plans on any brokerage. Um, Combs Premier actually found me. I was out on tour. Um, yeah, I was singing in Australia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was getting ready to shoot um, my first movie. <clears throat> um, yeah, I was, in, I was in Fast and the Furious 4. And on my way back, I had to fly into well, I flew into Atlanta to do a connection to Australia. And then that's when I ran into Emmett. I saw airport. you on the credits. Yeah, they were yeah. like, yeah, Mike. 
Yeah, yeah, I've been doing this for a long time. So yeah, so the real story is uh, after I, <laughs> since y'all want to have all these strong stories. Uh, uh, <laughs> I got time for that. Dude. All these violins playing. So it was this simple. I hit up a friend. He said, "Go to Combs." I said, "I'll write and sign up." Yeah. Everything that I did uh, within the year of COVID was very intentional. And I, too, wanted to merge into, okay, you know, I wanted a black doc- doctor. I wanted a black dentist. I wanted this. Because especially with everything to. that was going on at the time, I wanted to kind of put myself back into a culture that I wanted to invest in, which was my own. Uh, which, again, people, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay? Mm-hmm. So when I spoke with a friend of mine, he's an agent in Lakeland. His name is Kinsley Colesador. He's been doing it for oh, years. Oh, I'm Facebook friends with him. Oh, you know Kinsley? Yeah. I don't know him, but I'm, we're Facebook friends. Yeah, sure. we, we used to work with each other years ago mm-hmm. um, at the job I got fired from. Uh-huh. He was doing real estate then, but okay. he was taking his class. So I hit him up, and he was like, yeah, Mike. He said, um, I'm going to give you a few. And it's funny because I don't even think he gave me a few. We just ended up stuck. We started talking about Combs, and it just kind of led with that. But he was like, I'm going to give you a few. He said, but the first one is going to be Combs Premier. It's a guy named Emmett. He said, if I was not loyal to my broker... I would be with Emmett. Maybe I shouldn't have said his name because I don't want his broken. <laughs> My bad, Kisley. I mean, that's a good thing, yeah, right? That's, that's, that's a good Oops. thing. That's a good thing, though. But no, it, it, was, it was just more so, again, the rapport, the relationship, and being that it was somebody else outside of this that believed in Emmett so much that they were like, you know what, go ahead and check him out, especially with knowing that I wanted to be with something all black, too. So I didn't even know that all black farmers existed. Right. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I looked on the website. Everything seemed legit. Everything seemed well put together. And I love the fact that everybody looked really nice. It wasn't nothing, you know, how, you know, things can get. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. Let me check it out. So from the starting process to everything else, it felt really good. I'm like, okay, well, this is the move for me. But the thing about being at a brokerage or choosing a brokerage is not about fully who you go into in the beginning. It's about whether they can retain you. Mm-hmm. So people switch brokerages like Absolutely, absolutely. So you can go to you can come here, you can go to Keller Williams, um with EXP, whoever. But it's all about what you're truly getting from it. So one thing that made me actually stay here was the fact that I was actually able to have a one on one conversation with Emmett. Which sometimes that's hard because depending on how big the company is, you don't always get to have that personal conversation. Right. And for me, it's big when a person can take certain criticisms mm-hmm. and hone, on, hone into that. You know, yeah. so Emmett was very open with things that I was able to see as a new agent, uh, which I really appreciate. And that's when I had a different respect level just for him yeah. himself. So I was able to fully then see the map that he was trying to bring, well, create within his own company. And then, I don't know, it just felt like family from there. Yeah. So just the resources that we have at Combs Premier, um, as you say, the marketing tools um, are like no other. Um, and I've learned so much within this past year. So, y'all, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. here. <laughs> I, I think, man, I think it'd be great to highlight just for the folks that are listening, um, either listening or watching, you know, via YouTube. Um, one thing to highlight from these different stories is whatever your story is, own that. Right. Own your own stories. Heard three different unique stories that, you know, put us all in the places where we all believe we should be right. Right here in this room. Who would who who would have thought I'd be, you know, here with this actual real podcast equipment doing this with two amazing co-hosts. I knew it. I knew it. Mike knew it. (laughs) Somebody got to have a vision. You know, God put it on my man. (laughs) man. And when you're out there throughout your entrepreneurial journey, it's important to work with real people, authentic people, and situations yeah. like the ones described today um, are the ones that will tell you and show you where it is you need to go. And I think it's huge that, you know, Emmett, just speaking on our, our leaders, Emmett and Tamara, you know, they're not only receptive of criticism, like they actually asked for it. I remember at our retreat, you know, we're upstairs on the top of this big, you know, multi-million dollar home. $4 million. Crazy, right? <laughs> Crazy, right? And he's like, so, I mean, what have you got? Yeah. It's my house. I yeah, we're at Mike's him. house. We're at Mike's house. Yeah, right. And he, he's Thank asking you. for feedback and criticism. Yeah. So it's important in entrepreneurship, whether you're a leader, well, we're all leaders, right, of our own respective companies and our own respective world. So while you're out there being a leader, remember, you need to embody uh, uh, something about you that says, you know what, I'm strong and firm. I believe in what I believe in, and this is what is real and what is right. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm not so headstrong that I'm not receptive of criticism because I can get better and I'm not perfect. So yeah. let's keep those little uh, keys with you. I definitely agree with that because that's that's big. Like even with 
even just to bring it down from like a brokerage standpoint to just a business owner standpoint, like, you know, when you go into these mom and pop places, there's like a, a comment card that by the door because we want to know how we can better serve you. And as real estate agents, like people don't understand, like we, the same way you get to choose us, we get to choose you. Oh, preach. So preach. that feedback is important. And I ask my clients this all the time, because how can you ask somebody to review or leave a review for your business if you don't know how their experience was? Right. You know how dangerous that is? They go to that Facebook page and click one star, you're going to be mad. Mm-hmm. So like you, I am constantly like, Talk, and even before we even get started, like, how do you want to be communicated with? Some people work all day and what they want to text. Some people prefer a, a phone call. It's like your business love languages. Literally, exactly. It's like learning people's love and learning what will get them to see that you're going the extra mile to make sure that they're good. I might integrate that into my business model. Yeah. You know, what are your uh, you, love languages yeah. here in this what make you fall in love with me? Don't get started. You ought to know what we call them. Let you know, oh, man. Yo, don't get started. Love this. Uh, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, folks. This is All right, y'all. So we're going to wrap up soon. So we're going to leave, we'll leave y'all with our last thoughts. Because as you can see, we can talk. Well, they can talk. So I'll just see. Oh, my God. <laughs> but no, what do y'all have? What do y'all want to leave with everybody before we come back? Because, again, we are coming back. So we appreciate y'all listening in. But what's what are y'all last thoughts? I was going to say, like, we just we just barely talk, scratch the surface of, like, what we want to convey across this platform. Like, and I mean barely. Like, if this is the platform, this table, like, we this is all we've done today. So um, my tidbit that I would like to leave people is just always be focused on moving forward. Um that's what we're all doing here. None of us have been in real estate, but like we're not like 15 year, you know, veterans, but we saw the opportunity to make ourselves that much better. And it led us all the way here to this moment right now. So I would just say, regardless of what punches you getting thrown at you right now, like always be focused um, for focus forward. I love it for me. Um, everything is a process. Right. Everything is a process and growth happens incrementally. If you're in the gym and you want to lift 150 pounds, but you can only lift 100 right now, then you do that 100. The next week, you add on another 10. The week after that, you add on another 10. And then all of a sudden, you make your way up to that 150. Um, I think this podcast is is very similar. I think all of us are going to grow, you know, incrementally. I think um, so if you're somebody in the entrepreneurial world, entrepreneurial space, it's important to keep you know the right people around you, the right things in your ears. You know, pay attention to your inputs. Right. Because your inputs are essentially going to equate your outputs. Right. So have the right things in your ear, the right type of people. Hopefully we are the right types of, <laughs> of people. And also, if you are seasoned, if you're a veteran, you know, this is for you, too. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody um, here in the office, actually. And I mentioned that, you know, it's interesting, you know, being a rookie again, being that I'm not, you know, in a seasoned engineer. Uh, or working professionally as a seasoned engineer. It's interesting being a rookie, but I like that we all continue to go through this everlasting cycle of being a teacher and a student at the same time. So even if you have been in real estate for a long time and you're very successful, it may be very essential for you to dive back to the fundamentals and even just get a little engaged with these, you know, kind of youthful spirits that we have here as we keep in a incrementally growing and changing. You say youthful spirits? Yes. Yes. I'm youthful. more than just a spirit. Oh. I'm, youthful. I'm youthful, period. Yeah, my bad, Mike. You know, okay. on disrespect. That's, that's, that's what I leave you with. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you, guys. Appreciate <laughs> you. I guess for me, the last thing I'm going to leave is do not be afraid to change you. Mm. And what I mean by that is... That hit me right here. Do not be afraid to look yourself in the mirror and admire the change and accept the change. Because sometimes we are okay with changing the things around ourselves when it comes to the people, when it comes to the job and this and that. Of course, we're so easy to point our fingers. Oh, I don't want to talk to this person because of this. I don't want to do this. And we sometimes we forget that we are a mirror of who we deal with. We are a mirror of our company. So I might not like something that I see in you, but it's because I don't like it with seeing it myself. So be okay with being able to change your internal process because it's necessary. I've had to change myself 
so many times in real estate. Yeah. I had to kill my pride. Yeah. Be humble. So many times in Ooh, real this estate. This industry yeah. will humble you. Because there will be things that, especially because you're doing so much for free. You are. <laughs> and you got something to say. Uh, he got triggered. My bad. Um, but no, because I would tell myself, like, oh, I ain't doing that. Oh, it, this person, yeah, I say other words, the choice of words. But um, I say, oh, I ain't getting paid for this. Oh, I ain't doing this. Oh, well, I got to wake up early. Why well, I got to do But it's all a part of the process. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand also, that's why it's important to have your business plan, your blueprint to know what part of the process that you want to endure, to, that you want to be okay with doing. And also you have to understand too, and I say this all the time now, and it's funny, I just heard it again during a sermon on this past Sunday, is in order to be a leader, you have to be a servant. So you can't be the type of person where you're just going to stand there and point your finger all day. That's a dictator. Not think, it's a dictator, correct. it's not a leader. Correct, mm-hmm. correct. Which again goes back into building relationships. You can't keep the relationships. You can't establish a a business if you're not willing to serve at the same time. So You better come on past the mic. Uh-huh. Just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'd have had this holy wine. Let me say preach, preacher. So, yeah. So, that's what we are going to leave you guys with. So, we're going to go ahead and cut it because I know we kind of made it a little lengthy. Again, we we can talk. So, these things might be 30 minutes. They may be an hour. We never know. But we want to make sure you guys get the best of knowledge. And we are also hoping that you guys enjoyed it and hope that hopefully it was um, entertaining. Um, I know we got a lot of serious moments because, you know. It's a little heavy. That, that's, that's, that's how we do. That's how we do a little bit. But we are going to end. Do y'all want to say anything else? Oh, thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for tuning in. Mike yeah. is going to um, dress us the rest of the time. You, you got something to say? I was going to say keep, the keep. jingle. <laughs> <laughs> well, say the jingle, friend. So, so we, got a, we got some things that we're going to try to work on. Look. And hopefully it works out. If not, we're going to change it. We're going ahead and let them know what we're about to do, friend. It's, it's right here. I already had it right there for you. We're just going to leave you with the fact that there is always space and opportunity for everybody to eat. But make sure you do not forget your table manner. All right. <laughs> Once again, thank you guys for joining us I'm today. So <laughs> you want to keep that? You like that? You feel like good that. about that? I like that. She made that, y'all. So y'all clap for her. All right, folks. Don't forget your table manners. All right. All right. We are out. Thank Peace. you. <laughs>